MCs and OC. Y'all know what it is. Welcome to the breakdown. This is where the game found analytics first down. And a few inches, your players on the bench. The coaches start to huddle when you need a thirst quench. Oh, see, throwing hands, one a million in the squad. Lorenzo hit the league, 15 years on the job. Made the Pro Bowl twice. Your boy go nice, Zachariah on the fadeaway. Represent the day to day, struggle and the grind. Keep the hustle on your mind. We balling on the court, read the signs of our times, whether cultural or politic, chopping up the lotto pit, get it popping, partner when we weaving in and out of it, it's on topic, in sync, tell you what we think, let the thoughts link, let the truth sink, yeah, yeah, let the thoughts link, yeah, yeah, let the truth sink. Welcome to the break. Damn, this is where the game found analytics first. Two Z's and OC. Welcome to the break. Damn, this is where the game found analytics first. Down. Cons, I can't hook those up to the computer. And I've got iPhone plugs too. I can't hook them up to my computer. Maybe my computer's just old. Or you're just old and you don't know what you got going on, man. We're the same age. I don't know what's wrong with you. Maybe you more of that generation. What's the name? Generation Z, Z? a millennial. That's y? what you are. You more X? of a millennial. No, I'm, I'm on the cusp of millennial. So that means that you can either fall in either one. And based on your traits and your maturity level, I think you are a millennial. You're definitely you more so millennial. Are you going to make a New Year's resolution to be nicer to me in 2021? Or I am who I am. If you're oh, around okay. long enough, you understand that. So it's really about the person's personality. You see, I don't mess with OC that much because he's a mature individual. <laughs> what, just because he's married and has a daughter? Anyways, yeah. what I wanted to do was ask you about how your Christmases went. I was trying to start this off on a positive note, and you just go right into reaming into me. Anyways, how was Christmas, gentlemen? How was Christmas? It was great. If you run it back to our last show before Christmas, I give you a prediction. That the pox was on my house because yeah. of all the people who were coming over unavoidably. Because we had to host Christmas with my in-laws calling an audible because they did have the Rona. My wife went to get her coronavirus test today because she's feeling a little under the weather. So, so did Zoe's. What are yeah, the results? Uh, Is she good? And my son. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Everybody right. straight. I haven't had it on my daughter. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a weird virus. And, you know, obviously at some point. Unless you just staying at home and, and not going out, you're going to be exposed to it. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I think it's a big difference between California and Utah and Arizona and places like Florida. I mean, I pretty much was going off of my lady had to get tested for her job and I was sleeping next to her. So I'm like, if she's straight, I'm straight. So I figured I was good for the most part. But it's <laughs> it's glad but to hear. If, she, if she's straight is the more the, the bigger issue because you're the one that don't probably have any standards. you probably all out just doing whatever. No. Ask the question. <laughs> no, I've been good. I've been good. Anyways, uh, I want to start with this, gentlemen. We'll get into football, of course. And I want to get into college a little bit with OC because, I mean, good God, if you don't love Dabo Sweeney, I don't know who you love. So I want to talk about that a little bit. But I sent you guys a link to Dwayne Wade playing his son. And I've talked about this, I think, on a podcast previously about my dad never let me win until literally I had to beat him. And this back and forth, I don't know if you guys watched the video that I asked you to look at, but it was great. And at the end of the game, the son says, I've never seen anybody need to foul more to get an actual win. And then Dwayne Wade goes, uh, yeah, who had more points? Shut up. And it was just like, to me, not a father yet, but I'm assuming, Zoe, you don't let your kids win, right? And OC, if you have a son down the line or you're playing your daughter in hoop or whatever, soccer, you don't let your kids win. And this was just like, Mwah. I loved it. It was like a beautiful thing. Yeah, not at all. And I'm like that with anybody. I don't care what it is. You know, chess, dominoes, I don't know, uh, jacks, whatever whatever game we play. Spades, hearts, yeah. Don't have to, it's to the death. And I'm just yeah. competitive. And even if you don't know I'm competing with you, I'm always competing with you. And you ask me my boys that, that's it. And so the same thing goes with my kids. 
you know, I'm a big brother, so I have a brother that's probably eight years younger than me, and it took him forever to beat me in the hoop. I remember one time he was ready to go to blows with me because his foot stepped on the line. He needed a three-point. I'm like, nah, it's a two, bro. And he wanted to fight me so bad because it would have won the game. And I ended up winning at the end because he went over, yeah. you know, and 21 had to go over, and then I and yeah. I end up winning. So I'm always going to compete to the end, and I may even cheat in the process, but, you know, hey, hey, whatever I can do to get that dub, I'm going to get it. I'm not like that. The lessons you got to learn your, to teach your kids, you got to make them actually compete and actually win. I understand what Dwayne Wade's doing and what Zoe's talking about, but like if it's something that I don't need to care about, I'm like, all right. You know, people get real serious competing in pickup basketball games. But OC, hang on. Is this the difference between Zoe being a father of sons and you just being a father of a daughter? Because I could see myself as competitive as I am, I could see myself being like, letting my daughter kick a goal in on me. I think this is a difference of you not having a son yet. It, that might be part of it. But even like with the brother thing, right? My older brother could not come to grips with the fact that his little brother could beat him up <laughs> until I was in the UFC, basically. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I've been able to... He had to give it to you then. I've been, <laughs> I've been you at that point. <laughs> Since I was 14 years old, I could beat him up. I'm bigger. I'm physically larger, you know? <laughs> yeah. I chose the athletic path. I wrestled. He chose the more academic path, right? And he could not come to grips with the fact that little brother was bigger and stronger and tougher than him <laughs> until we were adults, until he finally had to concede, like, all right, he's a professional fighter who's uh, among the elite in his weight class in the world. So I guess now he can beat me up. So a big brother thing, I don't feel like I have to prove it that much. We'll see. Like, when my daughter gets older, right now she can beat me with anything. She's not going to remember. Uh, <laughs> but you know that what's going to be the problem is her beating her mom because my wife – was a college. She's competitive. Player. My wife was a college soccer player, and she's crazy competitive. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and she's crazy competitive, and she's just like Zoe. She will cheat to win the most nefarious, yeah. upside down, dishonest yeah. methods just yeah. to get stuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a great video, and the two things I took away from it: my dad was not a big like birthday or Christmas guy. He wasn't a holiday guy in general. But like one of the things that I remember very specifically from my childhood was him taking me to see Demolition Man in the theaters with like 10 of my friends, right? And so the first thing when I saw Dwayne Wade, I'm like, why does he have demolition hair? And he, that, like, that's probably the last game he's going to beat his son in because he looked so old and fat. And again, I'm like a year younger than him. I'm not saying this to say that I'm in like fantastic shape. He's not going to beat his son again. That's the last game he's ever going to win. Either way, it was fantastic video. Yeah, was, man, you got to hold on as long as you can. And that's why he fought for that last win. I mean, he's going to fight tooth and nail and they're going to have to take the mantle from me. You know, <laughs> they got to take it. And so... <laughs> Yeah, that's the point. He knows that. So he got to win everyone, he can, you know, up until that point. And he can see the end coming, which I eventually see because, I mean, my kids are just naturally gifted. So I know how it's gonna close end. are you to be at the end, though? No, it's no. I mean, he's 10. So, I mean, it's going to take him at least six, you seven, what? six, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, yeah. I still work I'll out the under so, on that. Yeah, I, I'm going to still work <laughs> out. It's going to take him yeah. a while because right. at the end of the day, just like D. Wade, I'm going to still be able to back him down. I'm going to be stronger than him even when he's 16, 17. He may be more skilled and athletic, but that physicality, that grown men's strength, it ain't nothing you can do to overcome that. So I'm going to be hacking him, getting him upset, out of his element. I got all those old men things that I can still do until I'm at least 45, you know, that it make him earn it. Yep. My thing is, like, the stuff that actually matters to me, I don't think my daughter's ever going to want to get into MMA. We'll see. If I do have the son, it takes a long time because skill matters more than athleticism when it comes to martial arts still. As long as you have those old man tricks and you got a little bit of that dad strength left, it takes a long time in things like wrestling and jujitsu for the young bucks to catch up. So I think I'll be okay, hopefully, into my 50s. Yeah, so I don't think you need to worry about, like, wrestling your daughter. But, I mean, if you have a son, I think stuff is going to change up a little bit, O.C. Hey, but you know what? I, my daughter, yeah. like, my daughter, when she's four years old, she's going to start jujitsu because it is <laughs> remarkable character builder, and it is the only realistic self-defense art for women. So my daughter will be a black belt by the time she graduates high school. I want to ask you, Lorenzo, and this is something. So 
I played all three sports my freshman year when you and I both went to St. Mary's. I played baseball, basketball, and football. And my favorite sport for the game was football. Now, I was best at basketball, and I liked baseball probably the most growing up. But in terms of the actual game, football was my favorite sport. And so when I look at these games, and this is what I want to ask you, you playing as long as you did in the league – Do Monday nights matter more to you? Because it seemed like the Bills, and we'll talk about the Bills, hashtag Bills Mafia, all that good stuff. I know that's your squad, Josh Allen looking like an MVP. But do Monday nights mean more? Do Thursday nights mean more? Do Saturday nights mean more? Do Sunday nights mean more? Do those? Because it looked like that game. Like, I don't know if that was the Bills winning the conference for the first time since we were in high school, or it was just relief of playing well or whatever it was but it seems like days matter more to players is that true or no yeah I would say so I mean I think initially it was probably Monday nights especially when I first got in the league Monday night was the best night to play and then it was Sunday night Thursday night is I mean it's never really had its value because it's a short week and guys really never really cared about Thursday night so much mm-hmm. as that Monday and that well, Sunday c- night Because it's kind of forced, right? Thursday's yeah, kind of forced. forced. Yeah. yeah, it didn't have that same mystique about it. Monday night, because you was the only game on, and then obviously Sunday night was prime time. Everybody around the country got to see you play as well. And so, yeah, guys tend to get more riled up for those games. But as far as that game last night, it's all about reestablishing or, I mean, I guess you're coming out party as far as sweeping the Patriots, dominant in that fashion as far as it being a blowout mm-hmm. and really just showing the country that the Buffalo Bills are for real. So, I mean, they had a lot going for them as far as the Bills organization and those players, why they would be extra amped, you know, for that game last night, even though it was an inferior opponent. Real quickly before you go, OC, so how for real do you have the Bills? I mean, I think... It's obvious, and we talked about this last week in terms of them being the superior threat to the Chiefs, but do you have them there? I mean, on paper, how they've played in the regular season, yes. The playoffs is a different animal, and it just Mm -hmm. is because it's another step. It's another level of pressure that is applied to you, and some people perform well, some people don't. You know, you think about guys like Phillip Rivers who have had, you know, fantastic regular seasons but have never really been able to go the distance and so yeah. there is another level that you have to overcome and the bills but isn't it a lot of that luck so not luck well i i have a hard time putting blame on ladanian tomlinson and antonio gates and philip rivers in their playoff failures i mean isn't a lot of that just fortunate fortunate i'm saying as a team there is another level that you have to overcome once you get to postseason play. And some okay. players rise to that occasion or teams. Yeah. Yeah. Some players are But teams. if the Seahawks give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. They win that Super Bowl. That's if they do. I mean, it, it applies to coaches, too. Some coaches don't do well once it gets to the playoffs. I mean, it's a dynamic where you see some teams or some coaches. And Andy Reid was in that for a long time, right? Uh-huh. Great regular season, but never could win the Super Bowl. That's ultimately what you play for. And eventually he was able to obviously get one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen thus far to ever play the position and be in a great place. And he was able to overcome that, but he needed help. Some people just have it. Some people get there like a Tom Brady and just Mm -hmm. thrive in it. So because the Bills haven't done it yet, you know, I was part of the the two prior playoff teams, nine and seven in 2017. And then last year team, we were up 16-0 and found out to lose. And so until they prove that, that they can overcome that in a playoff situation, that's my only reservation right now. But the way they're playing, the way Josh Allen and that offense and the defense has really come alive, yes. I mean, yeah, I could see them making that run. But that's their next goal. And that's what I've been saying this whole time is that it wouldn't surprise me if they win their division and go to the playoffs. It's all about being in that AFC championship game. And what can they do then when they're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs and win or lose game? And that is when, you know, you've arrived. How do you handle that? Because you know there's no tomorrow. And that does something to people mentally when you know that's at stake. Because, again, it's another level of pressure that's applied to you, and some guys can perform under it, and the other guys can't. And so that's what I'm waiting to see. It may be a big performance in a Monday night game, even if it was against an inferior opponent. Maybe that's a tiny little sign of the fact, like, the Bills are starting to be a team that can rise to those occasions. They're starting to be the team that can absorb the gravity of a big moment and perform positively when in the past – 
choke is such a, a harsh word to use in sports, but in the past, every team that's been in this spot, except for the Patriots, except for the Chiefs, except for the Steelers and the AFC, every team that gets to there, I should throw the Ravens in as well, you know, we have high hopes for the Bills one year, high hopes for Miami one year, high hopes for whomever, the Browns for hell's sake. And then when it actually shakes out, it's the same damn teams that end up <laughs> where we expected them to be. So maybe the Bills now have turned that corner to where they're they're a squad that has the leadership they need. They have all the pieces coming together. Whoa, 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 whoa. The leadership they need. Hold on now. Who is, that? is that an indictment on me, O.C.? I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> Shade thrown. Uh, but to that point, we last year when I was a part of the team, we did beat Pittsburgh, even though it was Duck, on national TV. We did beat the Cowboys on national television. So all I'm saying is, and I agree with what you're saying, that has already been accomplished. And so last night didn't tell me anything more. Maybe they handled the Patriots more handily. But the Patriots are out of the playoffs. They dejected. It's but the so that's a byproduct of Josh Allen maturing, right? I mean, when you first played with Josh Allen, he was a rookie, first year, second right. year, third year. Like, he's developed. That's what yeah. happens with yeah. good players. Saying last year, we've already accomplished winning on national television. This yeah. is not a new goal. This has already been no, achieved. No, but I'm saying the difference between last year and this year for your squad, Zoe, is that that guy has yes. evolved. And yes. that happens with everybody. Nobody is as good as they are in their first year as they are in their fourth year. Exactly. So that he has evolved for the regular season play. Mm -hmm. Now he has to do that also in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. There's a different mentality when you know if you lose this game, you go home. That's just another level of pressure. And that's why yeah. some people are able to thrive in the playoffs and some aren't. It's just part of it. And so has I think he has grown, but I, I need to see it. My opinion doesn't matter until he... He validates it, yeah, right? Yeah, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. For four quarters in the playoffs as well. He's conquered the regular season. He's an MVP caliber season right now. Will he win it? Probably not. It'll probably be A-Rod, which rightfully so should get it. Or Mahomes. He's conquered the regular season. Now I want him to go to the next step and conquer the postseason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's the question, right? You put quarterbacks into these categories, and – there's a place where you can be in the Phillip Rivers category, you can be in the Matthew Stafford category, or you can be the guy, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady, the Joe Flacco. Even I put him there because he won when he needed to. Like the guys that broke out of that spot were just like, hey, good job having an excellent regular season. I'm sorry that you never made it to a Super Bowl. You never won a Super Bowl. Like wins, yeah, I, wins should not necessarily be a quarterback stat. I understand that argument, but it makes perfect sense. When you're the face of a franchise, you're the leader of a team, that people put that in your lap and they say, are you the one who when we hitch our wagon to you as the horse, you can pull us over that final hump? Because, it get, I mean, it gets difficult in every level of football. What matters is are you winning when it's go home or move on? Agreed. But when Zoe laughs at me, when I say fortunate is a huge byproduct of – Tom Brady looking like me, like I do now. That's what Tom Brady looked like when he was doing his draft whatever, <laughs> when they were doing the, the combine. That's what I look like now. That's what Tom Brady looked like when he was 20 or whatever. What I'm saying is there. I would take Stafford over a ton of players that have won the Super Bowl. And you can do this with Brad Johnson. You can do this with... Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. Dilfer. Trent Dilfer, Brad I, Johnson. It's a team. It is a team. Yeah. Achievement. I'm not singling out Josh like it's all on Josh. It's not on all on anybody. I mean, Jim Kelly should have won one, right? If a kicker should have won kick, two, right? It's <laughs> on everybody, but yeah. there. And I'm saying that it is on everybody, but it also this is going to show Josh maturation as far as how he goes out there and plays as well. So he's a part of it, and he's not going to win the game by himself. That's what like, to OC's point. That's where most people point to is the quarterback. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm saying that this is. What they accomplished last night on Monday night mm -hmm. was accomplished last year. Mm -hmm. and, and what happened to us in the playoffs last year when I was a part of the team was not a byproduct of just Josh not performing well in the fourth quarter. It was a byproduct of us all. The defense mm -hmm. giving up points so they could get back into the game. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm saying is on paper and how they've been playing, yes, they are a contender for the Kansas City Chiefs. But – they have to you go out there and do it in postseason play. We did yeah. it last year during the regular season, but yeah, when it yeah. came down to it, 
We didn't make enough plays in postseason play for whatever reason, but I know it's that extra level of uh, tomorrow's and promised, and that's what they have to overcome, and that's what they have to show next, and that's the next step. What they did last night, I already knew they were going to do. That didn't surprise me. Now it's about winning their first playoff game in quite a few years. All right, I want to get to some NBA stuff, obviously a lot more NFL, but we'd be remiss, OC, if we didn't talk about college football, and I don't know about y'all. But I love me some Dabo Sweeney. Now, he and I might not necessarily see eye to eye when it comes to, uh, you know, views in life in general. But I just love the core of this dude and him putting Ohio State where he did, who they're going to play, by the way, and then doubling down on it and just basically saying, look, if you didn't play X amount of games, then I'm like, nobody would be there. Like I wouldn't put Clemson in there if you didn't play X amount of games. Anyways, what do you make of the final four and the whole college football scene? Well, look, an expanded playoff is an eventuality. It's what we need. I don't know if it'll go to eight teams. We at least need to go to six teams. Dabo, for all of his craziness, in this situation makes a pretty excellent point because Ohio State doesn't have an impressive enough resume probably this year because they didn't play enough games. Not that they're not a great team, but they did not play enough games to have a proper sample size to declare them truly elite. So Dabo, he gets to walk around and flex muscles that don't belong to him, right? He gets to walk around and flex because of all the guys on his roster. And he's a good coach and he's got great assistance, but the dude gets to run his mouth because ultimately he's not the one who's accountable for it. Like his job is safe forever. He's making $9 million a year, no matter what. Yeah, but he's the coach of the squad. If they lose, he's going to have to eat his words. Then what? He has to eat his words. And then he makes $9 million next year. He (laughs) signs another top five recruiting class next year. He's in the college football playoff again next year. Dabo gets to run his and, – and that's why I don't have a problem with it because he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to do things my way. I'm going to live and die by my own sword. And that's just how – Do you how think he actually is. believes it though? I don't think he believes Ohio State's the 11th best team in the country. No. But he brings up a good point that like if they weren't called Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. If this was – well, if it was an undefeated Cincinnati team, yeah. no one would put them in the top four. And Cincinnati, we have a larger sample size. And Ohio State's – wins have not come over good teams for the most part. Obviously, they handled Northwestern, spanked them in the Big Ten championship game, but Ohio State was the number four team in the country. Like in the early rankings, they were 3-0 and with wins over Rutgers and all these garbage squads that were collectively like Two and 16 on the year. I know. And then they wouldn't play for two weeks. I mean, yeah, the whole thing's been a sham. But that's what college football is this year. And honestly, if you were going to have a year that exposed kind of the flaws and the weird parts of the system, this was the perfect year to have it happen. Coastal Carolina didn't finish the job. They lost in their bowl game. So they don't get to gripe anymore. They don't get to have like the UCF national championship claim from a couple of years ago. Look, Cincinnati's a really, really good team. And on any given day, they could be a test for some of these squads we have in the top four. Would they win a game against Alabama? I really don't think so. I don't think anyone's beaten Alabama this year. Could Cincinnati beat Notre Dame? Maybe. You don't think Clemson will? I don't. Th- no, I don't. I think that Alabama. What do you think that spread's going to be? Assuming that uh, it's going to go the way that everybody thinks, which is Alabama beating Notre Dame and Clemson beating Ohio State. What do you think that spread's going to be? Clemson, Alabama. I think it'll be you know thirteen. 13 favored Alabama? Dude, you have Alabama that much better than Clemson? They have three rightful Heisman Trophy frontrunners on the same offense. I'm aware. I know. But Trevor Lawrence is the number one pick. And he's a great football player. Alabama's QB is not the number one pick. Clemson is full of great football players. But Alabama this year is just on a freakish level. And by the way, Nobody's playing defense, so it's just a race to the top points-wise. Even okay. Alabama. But wouldn't you take Trevor over anybody else? No, I've, t- I've said this before. I don't even think – like if I'm drafting number one overall, I'm not sure Trevor Lawrence is my pick in the number one spot. I like other quarterbacks just as much as him. All right, fair enough. All I know is Notre Dame shouldn't have made the top four. And I don't know where you're at, Zoe, but when you get beat that soundly – that to me is like just put anybody in there other than them. 
Yeah, I mean, I understand that argument, but it's Notre Dame. The same thing with Ohio State, right? So in a COVID pandemic. So just the name. Yeah, in a COVID pandemic year, you you are trying to maximize dollars. And Notre Dame has always just had that following and that cultish, I guess, fan base to the point to where you're going to bring a Notre Dame in because, you know, you're going to maximize TV ratings, merchandise, all that stuff that, you know, that has really been hurt this year as far as the COVID and the pandemic not having fans. And so that's why that's why you're trying to do those things. And that's why it always happens like that. Because, I, I mean, and I always go back to my time. Texas got invited because they had a better following than Cal. You know, all, all those type of things matter when they make decisions for bowl games and, and anything. You know, how can we maximize the dollar, especially in a year like this? And who are you, Zachariah, who are you going to invite instead of Notre Dame is the question, right? I told you, I think Florida is the best team in the country. There are three lost teams. Because somebody threw a shoe 50 yards. You can't. They lost three games because of one penalty? No. <laughs> you know, they, lost, <laughs> they lost one game because of a shoe penalty, yes. They lost to and LSU. They, they had to play Texas A&M when they were the only place that allowed people to go in there because Texas is crazy. They lost at home yeah, to yeah. a 4-5 and five LSU team. Okay, let me ask you then, Mr. NCAA expert. Would you rather see Florida play a playoff game or would you rather see Notre Dame? I would rather see Notre Dame play a playoff game. Okay, fair enough. Well, I will not. And I promise you, Alabama's going to cover the spread. Let's move on. I want to ask Zoe about back-to-backs with KD and the Brooklyn Nets. But I want to go to my Dolphins, who just won so comfortably over the Raiders. That game was in hand from the entire time. I'm kidding, obviously. Fitzpatrick had to step in for Tua. And they've now got what is deemed as some sort of possible two quarterback system. I've never seen two quarterbacks operate and win a Super Bowl or make the playoffs or do whatever. So what the hell do you do with Tua being the starter, but Fitzpatrick can come in at any point? And it's working for them. I mean, they're winning games. They're still in contention. I mean, they're ahead of schedule. I mean, I don't think anybody thought that they would be playoff caliber team at this point and so you just continue to rock with brian flores and, and his culture that he's building and so they've all bought in and they understand their roles that's the benefit of it having a Fitzpatrick, right because he doesn't have a big ego obviously he's, he wants to play and probably be the guy you also have tua who is a humble cat and laid back and so he gets it and they're winning games and their defense has really stood out this year as well as special teams but as so player, what's the phrase? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one, right? Matter. You we can't all have two QBs. The They're winning games right now and ahead of schedule. It really okay. doesn't matter at all as far as the future, as long as they are continuing to win games. Because okay. Tua has to have an offseason. And so ne- next year it would be much different as far as Tua having the reins starting from the beginning and keeping those. But because they are in the playoff contention, you want to go to the playoffs. Because once you get in, anything can happen. Do I think they can win it? No. But still, it's always good for your culture and your franchise to be relevant and go to the playoffs. So it's, it's as simple as that. I mean, yes, Zoe, obviously, making the playoffs is good. But you can't have two. They, if you have two, that means you don't have one. You can. They, how many games have they won? Ten. Exactly. So it's working for them. So you don't, you don't mess with it. It's, it just is what it is. When Tua gets in trouble, Flores <laughs> goes to the bullpen and, and right. Magic comes out and does his thing. Okay. It's right. working for them right okay. now. This is, so Zoe says this is the proper. They're not going to the build uh, a dynasty doing this, okay. but they're going to get to the playoffs doing it, at least for this year. All right. I, look, this is not a long-term solution, but you are a fan of this team, and mm-hmm. even you will admit that there's no way in hell they're winning a Super Bowl this year, right? No. And so, also, this is just not good in general. Like, anytime they take Tua out, even if it's for the benefit of the team, and Zoe's going to crush me for this because Zoe crushes me for everything, but even yeah. if it's for the benefit of the team, I don't want Tua getting taken out for See, Fitzpatrick yes. ever under any circumstances. Even if Tua is shitting the bed, I okay. don't want him being replaced by Fitzpatrick. But you're the guy who would rather have a 1-16 in 16 team than a team that loses in the also Super Bowl. True. Also true. Right? For you, you're very all or nothing. You either want all Tua or no Tua. You don't care about 52 other guys on that roster right now, which is not a way that you can run a franchise. <laughs> okay. All right. Exactly. I mean, so Brian Flores is actually doing he's, – he's walking the line really well of keeping the guys engaged because they don't feel like they're punting on the season. 
but also getting to us some some opportunities to play and develop, knowing that he has a seasoned veteran that understands his role on the team that's willing to come off the bench and save him when they need to. So it's and, and that's important. It's always key to be able to do that because you if you punt on seasons and you waste, especially some of your veteran guys' Like for me, example, if Sean would just threw up all the way away when I'm 34, 35 and say, oh, we're not really trying to win. This is all about two or three years from now. I'm like, well, why am I here? Because I don't have two or three seasons left to play. You know, yeah, but so the difference is walking that line very well. It's a, it's a hard line. It's a very grayish line. But I think Brian Flores has found his groove walking that line fairly well, winning games, getting to an end, but not putting the season but also developing him in, in key situations. Look, ultimately, and you've said this ad nauseum to me, you want to win the game. Did they win the game? Did you win the game? Blah, blah. Like, I'm with you on all that. And the difference is between what you're talking about, Zoe, and not that I can speak to your situation because I wasn't in the league. I didn't play for the Bills. I didn't, you know, what it was like to be under Coach McDermott. I don't know none of that. But what I'm telling you is the difference is y'all had a shot. The Dolphins don't have a shot. We did not have a shot. Yes, you did. In 17, we did not have a shot of winning the Super Bowl. Oh, 17, maybe not. Last year. Yeah, well, last year was much different. I'm okay. talking about 17. but okay. we didn't have a, I'm talking about when we All had right. Nate Peterman and we were rotating guys. My point is, yeah. why put in Fitzpatrick at one point when you're going to draw back from the progression that Tua needs to have? Like, I would have rather lost that game. <laughs> As a Dolphins fan, I would have rather lost that game than Fitz Magic come in, get the face mask penalty or Why? whatever. Why? Because now you have an opportunity for Tua to get into the playoffs and, and experience the playoffs as a quarterback. Why would you? Okay. Why would you take some truth to that? that experience? Right. There's some. Yeah, I mean, look. Yes. If it ends up going down it's like that, then great. But I would rather him take his medicine. To win games. When you get the mindset of the future when you don't have to be, mm-hmm. and you actually have an option that's going to help you win a game right now, Yep. create that culture from a coach's standpoint, too. Because now, well, you know what, I'm, a, I'm not going to put fits in. I'm just going to go rock with Tua. Now you're not really coaching and putting your team in the best position. So this is just as much for Flores. Yeah, you can think about down the line, but in the coaching day and age, especially for a minority head coach, Next year isn't promised. We've had minority coaches have winning records and get fired. <laughs> so oh, he's going to be fine for a decade. Flores will be I'm in Miami. Not, you're not in- listening to what I'm saying. I'm saying everything when you have all of those things matter. Mm-hmm. When you think about how you coach, when you start setting back and say, well, I'm just going to wait till next year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're building for next year. You may not always have until next year, especially in the football world. Okay. And I'm saying there has been. I'm not saying he's going to get fired, but we've had some pretty good coaches get fired with yep. winning records yeah. in the NFL. Yep. And so if you start losing and create a bad losing, and they're like, man, I don't really like where this is going as an ownership group, mm-hmm. you could be out of there. I mean, it's a possibility. So that's why coaches always coach to win. I got you. Let me ask you this, Zachariah. What's up? Because I don't, I don't know the answer to this question myself. Maybe you do. Okay. Is there precedent in the league for a franchise that has been out of the playoffs, out of the playoffs, out of the playoffs, out of the playoffs, to then jump into the playoff picture and make a real splash immediately? Or is it an incremental building process most of the time where you get into the playoffs, your first round exit. Then the next year, you add a couple pieces. You got a young player like Tua who now is more of a leader. Now he's had a playoff experience. He takes a step forward, and then the next year, maybe you make a little bit deeper run. It, it feels to me like saying, all right, this is our guy for the future. We know that. And we're going to win a Super Bowl with this kid. We really feel confident about that. Playing your way or substituting your way out of the playoff picture when he's young in his development seems crazy, seems silly to me, because I can't think of a single team that was one of these franchises that wasn't part of the playoff picture for a long time, and then, boom, all of a sudden we see him in the Super Bowl. I mean, maybe the Arizona Cardinals, when they played Pittsburgh, they hadn't been like a playoff staple. It, it felt like they rose yeah, pretty rapidly uh, with the addition of Kurt Warner. But yeah, that's my a- only guess was the Patriots the first time Brady won it. And look, someone who's a better historian would be able to answer this question for yeah. me. It feels like strategically saying we're all about the development of that one guy and mm-hmm. we're going to sacrifice – the fact that, like, 
Kyle Van Noy, our defensive captain, he's won mm-hmm. some Super Bowls, but he is the guy. He's the franchise defensive player here, so he needs to understand his role's a little bit different in Miami and what the playoffs are like in Miami. Like All of these guys need to test it out before you can expect them to make a Super Bowl run, not just Tua, everybody on your roster that's part of your future plan. No doubt. I just, I guess I would err on the side of taking one step back to take three steps forward. And I feel like not putting Tua in those spots is maybe you're taking a half step forward, but you're not taking the ultimate steps that you need to take. If, if they weren't as close to getting to the playoffs, Mm -hmm. I would agree with you. Because two years ago, Josh's rookie year, we were, I think we finished six and 10. Mm-hmm. So a six and ten team, yeah, you're not trying to really fight to get that seventh or eighth win because you're not going to get into the playoffs. There's nothing you're really fighting for. That the priority then becomes the future and developing that, and that's an easier sell to a group of veterans and guys that you're going to depend on to continue to spread your message in the locker room. Hey, we out of it. We didn't even put ourselves in a position to get to the playoffs. So. Hey, we're thinking about the future and the development of this team. And so, yeah, I'm going to leave two in because there's no way we can get to the playoffs. They have, because of a great defense and special teams, have played themselves in a position of having an opportunity to play in the postseason. And there's no way a coach is going to be able to go back into his locker room and say, hey, well, I'm, I wanted to go with him because I'm thinking about next season. They looking <laughs> at, well, we got Fitz Magic on the sideline yeah. that has done no, this. I- Look and help us get into the playoffs at the situation and where they're at. If they were had seven wins right now or eight wins, then you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna rock with Tua. I'm gonna keep him in there because so, we can't. So I'm telling you that I'm wrong. I'm telling you. Okay, well, I'm finally. Thank you. I'm, okay, right. I'm telling you that Thank I'm wrong, you. but I'm also telling you I'm looking from a perspective. And from a perspective, all perspective aren't created. But it's not everything is about the right now. Sometimes it's about the future. It is about the right now. All right. Promise next year. Okay. That team ain't promised to come back. GMs, I mean, GMs make decisions all the time. If you have an opportunity to get into the playoffs, Mm -hmm. you want to get into the playoffs. Okay. because it doesn't benefit you to be the ninth best team or the eighth best if team. The draft pick is still it's your franchise quarterback down the line, and you're not. hoisting Lombardi trophies. Yeah, for next year. That's next year. They have a whole offseason development, but you still get to the playoffs and give him playoff experience. All right. What don't you understand about that? We just talked about earlier that the playoffs is different than the regular season. All right, fair enough. Get your top five NFL team. I know you got to go. Get your top five NFL teams ready. I'm going to ask you for your power rankings, but before that. I want to ask you about back-to-backs. And, Zoe, I'm, I mean, in football, you play on Sunday, right? You pretty much told us what the experience is like on Saturday. You pretty much do nothing, right? Walkthroughs on Friday. I mean, Monday you get the day off. So, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is, like, your days that you – so, this back-to-back stuff, and I'm bringing this up because of the Nets – because I saw the net score. I was like, what the hell happened? And it was like, oh, yeah, KD didn't play. Kyrie didn't play. So with back-to-backs and in terms of the body coming back from an injury, I just wanted to ask you, like, is that something that you would do if you were the coach or the GM? Would you ask them to sit out games coming back from an injury, not playing back-to-backs? Yeah, I mean, it's smart. I mean, especially when you have a catastrophic injury the way KD did. It's all about load management and using the science. We're so much more educated about injuries and load management than we were back in the 80s and the 90s where guys just played night in and night out regardless. And some guys were able to just build different and able to overcome that. Flying coach and smoking cigarettes on the plane right, is what right. NBA players used to do when I was a kid. Day and age. Yeah. So yeah. you want your guys, you want to maximize the recovery of a guy coming back off of uh, Achilles or ACA. I remember Jordan broke his foot. He ended up coming back the next year and playing every game, right? Mm-hmm. But if he had better knowledge of raising the percentages of him not re-injuring that or hurting something else, they would have done that. And because So you're all for that? Yeah, if we have more information about it and low management, and you want, and it's all about winning championships, you want to make sure a guy increases his chances of coming back and playing at a high level with the best of the ability. And we okay. all know in the NBA, these games really don't matter as much right now as they do on the back end. And so uh-huh. once they get in, that's what you're talking about, getting into the playoffs. You got to win a seven-game series. And so these back-to-backs – aren't significant until they become significant as far as you may be getting into the playoffs. And so you want to make sure that you set up a schedule based on the science, based on the guy, the specific guy, 
and work him back in to where he's now being able to play at a high level, especially at the end of the year coming off of an injury. When we're talking about someone who's in, in KD's shoes, I mean, those injuries used to be career ending, right? right. And now we're in a situation medically, technologically, et cetera. Oh, you get a torn ACL used to be like two years. Now it's like six months. Torn Achilles used to be like, you're never going to walk the same again. Right. <laughs> yeah. And these guys are coming back now. And it's great. And it should be that way. So if we're talking about someone who's coming off a catastrophic injury like that, I'll listen to it. When we're talking about the rest of these guys who are on load management plans, the Kawhi Leonard situations, like all that stuff, that to me is utter bullshit. And I hate it. And I get, <laughs> I get, I get the science behind it and stuff. And, and people feel like, oh, we, we know better now. Okay, we know better now. But there are plenty of guys who played in the 80s and 90s who took the accountability for their own preparation, for their own work, for their own body, and played – 15, 16, 17 seasons in the NBA without missing significant time. And they were making one-tenth of the money that today's guys are making. Yeah, well, the money, they were making top-end dollar for that time and day. I mean, the salary cap has grown, inflation, so you really can't equate the money, in my opinion, to it. I mean, I would never miss a game. I mean, I get that part of it, and I understand that. But in an 82-game schedule, especially on the back end, if a guy's older and tired, I'm not talking about like one of your young guns, that's right out of college. But if you have miles on you like LeBron, when the NBA is asking, you know, playing in USA basketball and he's gone to all these championships back to back to back. If you get back to the back end of a, of a game and you are number one and up by 10 games and I need to take a night off, take a night off. I mean, I understand that because we're talking about winning championships and I know it's a different mindset and I get it. And it's even hard for me. It was hard for me to miss some practices but once I saw the benefit of what it did for me on game day, it was easier for me to do. And so I think that's the same mindset. Hey, I want you out there, but if it, this means I'm going to win another championship because I'm fresher for game seven if it goes that far in the playoffs, I'm going to do it. And I know that's a hard transition for old school and new school and trying to figure out that blend. But I think it's smart, especially when you play as much. But a, a rookie coming out shouldn't be doing that. But if yeah. you're LeBron and have all those miles on you, you should be able to take advantage of it. It's something that's earned and not necessarily given. The LeBron thing is so tough because the man is the best example of what a superstar athlete is supposed to be. We, we don't know anything bad about LeBron. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he's a perfect person, but LeBron has not had a scandal in his career. He has not set a bad example for anyone in his career. I mean, you could make a case that he mishandled his announcement to go to Miami, but like that is such a tiny blip on the radar that there's no real room for criticism of LeBron James. The decision. Why was that? He went to a boys and girls club. Like, I know. And he raised $5 million for him. No, real? I know. I'm just joking. But like, here's the thing with LeBron. LeBron, I mean, you hear these, you know, these old James Worthy interviews or you hear Carl Malone talk about why he didn't take time off and things like that. And LeBron James is in this situation now where – Everybody in the world wants to watch you play basketball, right? And I get that that's a lot of pressure. And there's a dad and a son and a mom and a daughter who saved up for six months to buy tickets. And that's what Jordan said. He said, every time I went to an opposing arena, I was trying to put on a show for anybody that was coming to see. Better plan better. You yeah, plan back, look at that thing and see when uh, if you want to see LeBron so says, that first night. Little Johnny, go look up the schedule and yeah, see what a back-to-back is. It's and make sure, Google make sure it. you check out the analytics. Yeah, before you buy a ticket, let me see if it's a back-to-back. Now, if it's not a back-to-back and they sit out for a random reason, I get it. But, hey, okay. check it out. You know guys are doing it. Yeah. Well, look, this is the reason why I wanted to ask you. I knew Zoe was going to tell me this, telling me, and my brother's going through the same stuff. Like, my nephew wants to play football. My brother's not going to allow it, at least until what you've been talking about, Zoe, until a later age where it's everything's more developed. And so I'm torn between both of your guys' opinion. Part of me is like, I would never not go out there. Like, rest for no reason when I'm not hurt, unless I can't walk out there that I'm playing. And then the other part of me goes, also, don't be a dumbass. Like, be smart about what you're doing. So that, the reason why I wanted to ask you guys is because I knew you would have differing opinions, and I knew that I would be somewhere in the middle. Right. Yeah, it's just a, it's a cultural change, and it's a shock. And I'm actually probably more natural with those. I would never do it. I know you would. I know. 
But I understand. But you would say to do it, yes. Yeah, but I understand yes. why guys do yes. it, right? Yes. So yes. if a guy decides to do that for his body and for him, and he's yes. going to help us win when the, yes. the game's on the line, he's not going to have dead legs because that's a real thing. That's your mind, though, not your heart. Five games out of 82. Your heart it. says get your ass out there. Right. Yeah, but yes. you got to be okay. smart. I call that other way being dumb tough. Like, hey, I'm going to pay 82, but I'm not going to be as fresh on the back end, or I'm going to play – I don't know. I don't know how many guys' games they sit out. Let's say I'm going to play yeah, 70 yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. We're still going to be second seed, yeah. and now we'll be fresh in the playoffs yeah. on the line. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go with the 70 because I'm going to win a championship. And a guy like that that was on my team, that was the dog, because everybody doesn't get that privilege, right? It's just superstars. Mm-hmm. Do you? It's the same thing that out here in AZ right now, people are upset with Hopkins not practicing. The dude is the number two receiver in the league. All right, go out there and ball, right? But people want him to practice. For me, it's about doing what works for you, what's smart, what's going to allow you to be productive when a championship is on the line. And that's something that's earned. I'm not saying that's a rookie, first, second, third year guy. Mm. But if you get in the double digits and you steal that dude and you need to take a couple of days off, take a couple of days off. And, And mom, I was poor. Hey, I need to look up on Google. I need to get on my phone. Oh, this is a back-to-back. We're not going to this game, baby, because LeBron probably ain't playing. We're going to wait, all right? Or I'm going to wait till another somebody else comes. Oh, okay, they're going to play tonight. Let's go get this. So be smart about it because everybody knows they do it. So don't just buy a ticket. And if you miss it, you miss it. I mean, it's part of it. You can't please everybody. Yeah, but I know you got the old school in you, Zoe, where, like Jordan's saying – Every time I was on the road, I tried to show out. Yeah, I, I know there's a part of you that loves that. I, and do, I know what I you're do. saying. Also, be it. smart and look up the schedule and don't be a dumbass and buy a ticket when LeBron's not playing. <laughs> but I know inside you, Zoe, you love the Jordan saying, every time I went on the that's, road, that's I tried to show That's what I would do for my career. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I'm I, not going to be mad at somebody that chooses a different way about being ready at the end of the year, if that's going to help them be fresh. Because I've been there, I've lived it, and I understand it. Gotcha. And to be clear, like, LeBron is not the guy to get mad at. You're right. you got to be savvy with buying your tickets. LeBron has done everything. Like, he's helped the NBA get to where it's at, the TV deals to get to where they're at. Like, there's no room for criticism of LeBron. But, like, if you're Paul George and you're out there demanding rest and you're out there talking about let's cancel practice because I'm feeling fatigued and all that stuff – Kick rocks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's some guys, yeah. Right? And, and look, I, maybe you know this, though, because you've been part of those big money negotiations a lot more recently. But when it's time for a guy's contract, are they talking about, well, how many how many nights are you going to take off back-to-backs? No. They're Not talking about stats. Yeah. You're going to get max money. You're going to get $45 million a year, yeah. but you get to take off on the nights when your legs are a little heavy. Like, knock it off. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> on Twitter at one man gang 97. He's at real OC sports. I'm at ZAK sports. And then of course, two Z's and OC on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Gentlemen, rapid fire. No, you got to get out of here. Uh, this is the last show of 2020. Good riddance. 2020 hated you from the beginning until the end. We'll say goodbye to it, but I want your top five rankings. I want your top five NFL teams. You want me to go first or last? Oh, man, I, I don't even know off the top of my head, man. I'll, I'll, I'll try to knock this out, but obviously Kansas City is number one. Okay. Uh, obviously, I'm going to rock with my Bills at number two. Okay. Then I'm going to go uh, Green Bay, number three. Okay. Uh, man, then it gets kind of dicey in there, uh, but I'm going to rock with uh, Tom Brady just because I love some Tom Brady. Wow, I mean, Tampa Bay. I, I like okay. that. I like, I like Tampa Bay's defense. I know their coaches over there. Okay. Uh man, number five, New Orleans or Seattle? It's got to be one of those two. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna rock with Seattle because I don't know with wow. Drew Brees if he's gonna be able to make it. Wow. Okay. All right. OC. I'm gonna go Kansas City, Green Bay. I probably still believe in Pittsburgh, even though they had their little skid. Oh man, you have them three. And then I'll put Buffalo and. Wow, he just did that to spite me. <laughs> Spidey. No, I don't think so. No, yeah. so we've talked about man, this. I thought we was boys, man. You starting to stink <laughs> a little bit, man. That's all good. I'm worried about Buffalo's leadership last year. Leadership. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> they had great leadership earlier. You. Yeah. Damn, great. So now they do. Last year they, they don't. So let me tell you, you're sensitive about that because I wasn't even <laughs> encouraging you to think about you. I know, I know. I mean, I just made, I just come in. <laughs>
No, I, look, I, we've talked about this, though. Like, I like what Buffalo is doing, but I've seen Pittsburgh do it before. Right, right, right. I haven't seen Buffalo do it before. I hope – I would rather see Buffalo do it. I want to see Zach Moss, former Utah guy, carry the ball deep in the playoffs. I want to see him score a touchdown in the Super Bowl or something. But – I'm more convinced because I know Mike Tomlin's been there. I know that Ben Roethlisberger and them have been there. And what T.J. Watt is doing right now is outrageous. So well, Diggs has been there. Sean McDermott has been there. You know, it's all good. We got players that have been there. Mario Addison. There's a lot of players that have been in Super Bowls and playoff runs on the team, per se, but they've been there. I'm going to go Green Bay. I think Aaron Rodgers has a bone to pick with Everybody, the fact that he's only won one, everybody talks about how you need more than one to be considered a super great in in terms of the quarterback position. I'm going to put Green Bay one. I would put Kansas City two. I would put Buffalo three. As much hatred as I've tried to throw that way, I don't have Pittsburgh in my top ten. I think Pittsburgh is the worst playoff team in (laughs) either division. That's a lot. Recency bias is so ridiculous. No, the the, the Steelers are terrible. Have you watched them the past four weeks? They're terrible. They are terrible. I would have Tampa as my fifth. And then after that, I mean, the Ram, I mean, I guess I've got a little bit of affinity for Seattle. I think they could possibly make some noise. That's assuming their defense is going to keep it up. The NFC East is obviously a joke. I mean, I, I don't know how you feel good about any of these teams outside of Green Bay, possibly Kansas City, but those close games, people are not making a big enough deal about how close these games have been. They've been winning by like three points. Hold on a minute. This coming from the guy who has been trying to convince us for seven weeks that Patrick Mahomes deliberately plays bad right. and it's time yes. to turn it on. Right. He all so long that he has that ability, yeah. and now you're telling us that when there's a potential Super Bowl run on the line, yeah. that super wonder boy Patrick Mahomes is not going to turn it on? My <laughs> father, God rest his soul, he used to say, two things can be true at the same time. So, yes, Patrick Mahomes is toying with the entire league, and I think he's probably going to win the Super Bowl. I also don't have him as my favorite. What are you going to do? Two things are true at the same time. Okay. <laughs> Until next time, 2 season OC, holla. Bye. Peace. Two Z's and O.C. Uh, yeah, yeah, Y'all know what it is. Two Z's and O.C. Welcome to the breakdown. This is where the game found analytics first down. Then a few inches. Your players on the benches. The coaches start to huddle when you need a thirst quencher. O.C. Throwing hands. One a million in the squad. Lorenzo hit the league. 15 years on the job. Made the pro